Amen. Well, thank you, uh, Lizzie and Kaylee, for leading us this morning. Good morning, Northwestern. My name is Adam. Uh, like Justin said, I uh, am the worship arts associate here, one of them, along with Alyssa, who spoke in chapel on Monday. Um, and yeah, I'm an alum from Northwestern, graduated a couple years ago. It's been so good to be back, uh, roaming the halls, being back in the billy, getting some food, getting hit with all that nostalgia. It has been a great time for me. Um, and I am so excited to be speaking today because, as you all know, we are in this season of Advent. We are in the Christmas season. And to be quite honest, I'm not a huge Christmas guy like uh, Justin actually asked me when I first got hired, he's like, when do you start listening to Christmas music? And I was like, uh, literally if it was up to me, December 25th. Like, I wait till the last day, and then I'll put it on just for the vibe of Christmas, and then it's off again. So not to be a Scrooge, you know, I appreciate it, but that, that's just me. Um, but I am excited to be diving into some Christmas passages today. Um, I want to dive in to the Word, if that's cool with y'all. Anybody grateful that we get to still dive into the Word? I am just grateful. During Rona, come on, the Bible is what we need. And so we're going to be diving into to Luke um, chapter 1, and, and I just want to dive right in. So this passage that we're going to be looking at, this is the scene where the angel Gabriel coming, is coming down to Mary, and he is about to give her the big news, about to drop the big bomb. So we're going to check it out. We are in chapter 1, verses uh, 26 to 28. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Okay, stop right there. That greeting is so weird. Who says that? <laughs> Who just walks up to someone and is like, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Like, Mary is sitting there. She's engaged, right? She's probably like scrolling Pinterest looking for bath towels or something for her wedding registry. And then Gabriel shows up. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. It's just strange. I just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's weird. I think we should greet people like that too, actually, by the way. Like when you check out at the gas station, just like, hey, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Anybody? No, that'd be kind of weird. But uh, I think that's just hilarious. Um, so then the, the next verse, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean, which makes sense, right? Because this greeting, that the way that Gabe pops up on the scene is just so strange. So she's like, what is this dude talking about? Okay. So then this is what he says. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So Gabe is just totally cash about this. Like, Mary is asking him, what are you talking about? And he comes back with like, okay, so you're a virgin, but guess what? You're going to have a baby. And also, he's going to be the son of the Most High, and his kingdom will never end. Sound cool? And Mary's like, no, dude, it's not cool. I have a lot of questions. This doesn't make any sense. Like, how could you, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, see, Gabe, me and, me and Joseph, we were kind of waiting till marriage to, like, 
to have. Look, hey, look, it's just something our youth pastor told us to do, okay? So we're just doing it, right? Okay, that's what Mary's saying. No, no, no. This is what she says. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. But how can this happen? And I want to ask you a question. Have you ever asked that question, but, but how can this happen? Have you ever been along in your journey of life? Have you ever come to an obstacle? Have you ever hit a wall? Have you ever gone through anything where you just look up at God and you say, but how can this happen? Another translation, it, it puts this question this way. It says, how will this be? Have you ever asked that? Have you ever asked God, God, how will this be? And yet another translation puts it this way. But how? But how? Have you ever asked that? Have you ever looked at God and said, but how? You know, God, I'm a nursing major. I'm, I'm going for nursing, but I just failed a class. And I need this class to graduate. And this class isn't offered until next year. So now I have to wait a whole year to take this class. And how am I going to graduate? How am I going to continue on? How am I going to be in line with my plan for my life? God, you are calling me to be a nurse. But how? How am I going to do this now? Or God, you've called me into ministry. God, I want to go into ministry, but I feel completely underqualified. I feel like I don't know nearly enough about the Bible. People left and right are telling me that I'm not going to make enough money and I'm supposed to support a family someday. God, you're calling me into ministry, but how? How is this going to work out? Or God, you've placed this desire on my heart to be married someday and to have a family, but I have never even dated anybody. And now it's Rona, so now I really can't date anybody. So how is this supposed to happen? God, you are placing this desire in my heart, but how? How is this going to happen? I'm sure we all have uh, had a couple but how moments in our lives, and, and I for sure have had a few. Um, and a few of mine happened during my college career. See, in the early uh, years of my academic career, um, I went to a couple different state schools, St. Cloud State, anybody? Probably not. But I went to St. Cloud State and a couple others, actually, and uh, I was there for all the wrong reasons. So I hopped into college with all the wrong intentions. Basically, I put my relationship with God on pause, got into the party scene, did whatever I wanted, kind of whenever I wanted, and, you know, failed all my classes. I actually was put on academic probation by the end of my sophomore year. So I was just led into this super, super dark place. I was not well. And it, it basically led me to come to grips with myself and then finally come to grips back to God and just say, okay, God, I thought I was supposed to go into college. I thought this was the right thing to do. But now I'm in this dark place, I, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what my major is. There's, there's no girl here that I'm going to settle down with. It, the scene that I'm in, I can't find anybody who I actually want to do life with. How, God? But how? How am I supposed to do this? So that was one of my first but hows. And like I said, um, I was put on academic probation by the end of that year. And, you know, skipping a lot of details here, but um, I basically got my life back together. You know, Jesus called me back to him, and I, I went back to Jesus, got my life back together, had a great group of friends surrounding me uh, to support me in that. But by the end of that year, and so now I'm in the, the summer after my sophomore year, I, I'm on academic probation, and I still need to figure out my life. I still need to figure out what I want to do. You know, what do I want to major in? What do I want to do for a job? 
I need to find someone to, that I want to marry someday, I think. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure it out. So I get a coffee with uh, a pastor friend of mine. And I'm sitting down with this pastor of mine. And he asked me, have you ever thought about going into ministry? And I'm like, again, find myself in this place. I'm like, but how? I literally just screwed up the last two years of my life. I, I'm on probation. I literally can't go to colleges. They won't take me in. How are you saying that I'm supposed to go into ministry? I just, I'm way too messy. My life is messed up. My sin is big. I do not have this figured out yet. And you're saying that I should go into ministry? Like, but how? How is this possible? And, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, basically he convinced me that, um, hey, God's redemption is real. And that you can, for, you can ask for forgiveness and he will forgive you and God will put your sins behind him and behind you. So I accepted that. Long story short, I'm looking for Bible colleges. I'm like, all right, you know what? I think I do feel called into ministry. So I'm going to look for a Bible college that I can attend. Don't know how that's going to happen because no place will take me. But lo and behold, I find this tiny little campus down in Rochester, Minnesota called Crossroads College. And they were willing to accept me despite my probation. So I'm like, yes, okay, got it figured out. I'm going down to Rochester. I'm going to major in ministry. I'm going to do whatever. I'm maybe be a pastor. Maybe I'll be a worship leader. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. I'm down in Rochester. Got this thing nailed. I'm doing it. I'm going to graduate in a couple years. Bada bing, bada boom, we're good. All right, I got my life figured out. Following year, I got my car packed up. This is a true story. Car's packed up. I'm ready to return to Crossroads College. On move-in day, on move-in day, I get a call. I get a couple emails. Crossroads College is completely closed. We are not opening again this year. No classes offered. The college is done. We're closed. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, God? I just had this all figured out. I thought I had this all ready to go. I was going to graduate. I had my ministry, my, my, my uh, degree figured out. I was going to graduate in a couple years. I had it all working. And now the school is closed. You call me into ministry, God, but how? How? How am I going to do this? Now I have literally no school to go to. This is the only place that would take me in. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? How can this happen? Now today, I want to I propose a different perspective to the way that Mary asked this question. You see, at least for me, when I read this, I kind of naturally, I automatically think that Mary is asking this out of like doubt and out of almost like frustration. Like in my inside voice when I'm reading this, I'm reading it as like, but how can this happen? What are you, crazy? I'm a virgin. I, I can't, this, this is impossible. This cannot happen. How? But how? How, God? How can this happen? But can I propose to you that maybe, just maybe, she asked this question out of genuine curiosity and wonder rather than doubt and frustration. Can I propose that maybe her perspective was full of faith, Maybe he was not in doubt at all. Maybe she was saying, okay, God, I hear you. I'm, I'm hearing this. I do not understand it. It does not make sense. But I know that you can do anything. And so I'm genuinely just asking you, God, how are you, how, but how will you make this happen? How will you choose to make your will come to pass? I know you can do it, but how? 
And I think that this is absolutely the perspective that Mary takes on because look what Luke records in the following verses, okay? This is what Gabe says. After Mary says, but how? Gabe comes back and he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So Mary just got an explanation. Gabriel just told her what's up. And then look how she responds. Look how she responds. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, Mary trusted God. She was faith-filled. She was faithful. She believed that God's plan for her life, even though it seemed crazy, even though it didn't make sense, that it would somehow come to pass. And I think that we ought to take a lesson from Mary I think we ought to respond to God's plan for our life with faith rather than doubt. Instead of asking, but how, out of doubt and out of frustration, I think we should ask it out of wonder, out of faith, out of curiosity, out of genuine faith for our God. Because God knows what he's doing and we can trust him. It's just like the old proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And just to wrap up my story, by the way, after I didn't know what college I was going to attend, Northwestern reached out to all those students who had been left without a campus, and they said, hey, we'll take you in this weekend without any complications, no admission process, which for me was huge because I was on probation. And so I got to come here to Northwestern because God had a plan. He knew what he was doing. I was freaking out. I was losing it. But God knew knew what he was doing. And if only I had trusted him, I could have saved myself from a lot of stress, a lot of chaos. I could have just leaned it on him. And so for the person who is struggling in their major right now, for the person who maybe you did fail that class, maybe you're not sure how you're going to pass the ones that you're in right now, I know that that is crazy difficult. I know that it seems like you have no idea how it's going to happen, but God has a plan for your life, and I hope that you will trust him. For that person who's going into ministry, who wants to work in the church or a nonprofit or do missions or, or whatever it might be, and you feel like you're underqualified, you feel like your life is too messy, you feel like you don't have it all together, I know, I know what that's like. I know that those are real, real feelings but God has a plan for your life and I hope that you will have faith in him. And also for that person I mentioned who maybe you want to get married, you want a family someday, but you've never dated anybody and Rona, it's really hard right now. I totally get that and I know it's hard and I know it sucks and I know that it can be lonely sometimes, but God knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly how you're feeling and what you're thinking and I hope that you will have hope in him. And so what I want to offer for us today is, is a perspective change. Oh, and this mic just like completely fell off. Oh, there we go. Cool. All right. <laughs> what I want to offer for us today is a perspective shift. When you are faced with those unknowns, when you're faced with what seems like it's the impossible, I want it, when, we, when we come to that place of asking, but God, but how? I want to encourage you to combat that with faith rather than doubt, with, with curiosity and with wonder rather than frustration. Be okay with the unknown. Be okay with the impossible. 
Because Mary was. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And so I whipped up a little tool. Because like I said, I'm offering you a perspective change. And I don't really know how you want to take this from here. When you walk out of these doors, it is up to you now to make this do any kind of thing in your life. And so I can only offer you this one little thing. I whipped up a little tool, a little image, because I, what I want for us, what I want for our campus is in this season, because I know so many people of us are going through this right now, when we have those moments when we ask, but how, and here I made another one that's zoomed in so you can read it, Psh, I'm ready, I'm so ready today. So when you ask these but hows, I want us to come back with this. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Let's serve God with our life. Let's serve him with our faith, with our wonder, with our curiosity. Let's just be okay with the unknown. Let's just trust that he's got a plan, that he knows what he's doing. And so actually what I want to invite you to do, take out your phone if you want. It is over. This image is posted on UNW underscore worship. UNW underscore worship. If you head over to that account right now, this image is posted on the story. You can like do the little uh, you got to be really skilled, but you like hold it and then screenshot it at the same time. It's like kind of tricky, at least it was for me. But you can go over there, screenshot that image, set it as your wallpaper, or just have it in your phone. Do whatever you got to do. Print it, put it on your bathroom mirror. I don't know what you, I don't know what you have to do. I don't know what's going to help you. But this is just a little tool that I wanted to make available for you to have to remember to to, to serve God with our life, to have faith, and to trust in the Lord. And so, um, it, it, as you're on your phone, go ahead and keep doing that. I'm going to pray for us. You can go ahead and keep working on screenshotting that, but I want to pray for us um, as I close today. God, we thank you that we can trust you. Jesus, thank you so much that you came to this earth to be our Savior, to be our Messiah. God, I'm so thankful that we get to reflect on that in this Advent season. And God, I just pray for all of us that when we come to these but house when we come to this place of wondering how we're going to get to the next thing or wondering what is the next part of our journey of life, Lord, would you just give us the courage to trust you, to know that you have a plan for our life? Would you just uh, take all of the doubt and frustration out of our relationship with you? And would you replace it with, with faith and with courage, with wonder, with curiosity? Because God, we do trust you. You've, you have come through in the past, and, and we want to trust you in the future. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, the next thing that we're going to do now, um, we're going to hear some student testimonies, and these are so, so cool. We're going to hear um, a really awesome, unique uh, way of, um, that a couple students have celebrated Christmas in the past. And man, just to set up this a little bit too, like you want to talk about someone's really big but how, you're going to hear a story of a really big but how from one of our students today. And so let's check this out. Hi, my name is Diana Rodriguez. Um, I'm a freshman this year at Northwestern. And one of the traditions that my family partakes in Christmas is we celebrate Noche Buena, which is a Christmas Eve celebration. Um, it's basically like a big party. All of my family comes. We have a lot of different foods like tamales, pozole, tinga. Uh, my, my aunt, she makes the best, the best flan. 
Um, it's like a Mexican dessert. Um, basically, it's a big party. Um, my aunt buys a lot of piñatas for the kids. Um, we sing a lot of Spanish Christmas uh, carols and music, and it's just a big party. And we uh, do Secret Santa uh, with the family, and at 12 a.m. we open the gifts and we do a gifts exchange. So Noche Buena has been celebrated throughout Mexico since the 15th century. Um, usually in Mexico, um, on January 6th, um, it's called Dia de los Reyes Magos, and that's where um, the three wise men from the Bible deliver uh, presents to the kids, and it, we don't really have a Santa Claus, it's los Reyes Magos that usually um, deliver presents, but now that my family has come to the United States, um, we celebrate, we celebrate uh, the, the gift exchange on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, so that's one way that it has um, changed now that we're here, but usually in Mexico, it's celebrated on January 6th. Just being, being able to go back home and celebrate Christmas with my family um, has really just showed me how amazing God is. Um, most of my family coming from Mexico, uh, we weren't re very religious, but now that we're here in the United States, um, and we've been impacted because a lot of people have told us about the, the Word of God, um, and now all of my family has converted to Christ um, here in the United States. It's just a huge, huge blessing, and it really, it really makes me emotional just to see how God is working here, and just seeing how people here in the United States have really talked to my family about God, and just how transformed my family is here now in the United States um, because of God, and just. Um, being able to worship God in Spanish and English is just a huge blessing also. Um, there's a lot more emotion into it and yeah, thanks. Hi, I'm Josh and I'm a sophomore and I'm an English major. Um, I'm from China. China is a socialist and communist country. And in China, every Christmas season, the school would, every student, students in school they will receive a piece of notification announcement that says don't participate in any christian or religious services and don't go to church it's superstitious and they tell teachers to watch their students and not to have not to allow them to have any christmas uh, celebrations in school why why are they so afraid of Christmas? Because in China, most people worship the emperor. They worship um, the government. And they have been worshiping the emperor for 5,000 years. And so why are they so afraid of Christmas? Why are they so afraid? Because Jesus is the newborn king. Like, it's like why Herod was killing babies. Uh, it's, the same so it's the same story because Jesus is the newborn king. And he saw Jesus as a threat to that kind of idolatry. It's, it's like the early church. Uh, why, um, if you ask people, who is your Lord? People would say, Caesar is your Lord. But, no, Caesar is not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And Christians got killed by saying that. Christmas, um, it helps me to understand like 
in my context, in my culture, in my background helps me to understand that our age, our time is really evil. If you look around and people don't have peace, they don't have joy, they are so distressed, they are so angry all the time. And but Jesus is my king, and there's nothing in this world that can satisfy me, and except Jesus. There's no one in this world that's my God, my Lord, but Jesus. And Jesus is the savior of all mankind, and it helps me understand that um, the world really needs salvation, and Jesus. Is the answer. Jesus is our savior, and Christmas um, is the good news. Jesus is the good news, and and Jesus um, will satisfy you. He will love you, and he will um, protect you and give you joy and peace. Christmas is the um, turning point of history, and. Is the anchor of reality.